we just we just thought it'd be good to sit in the idea for ourselves this morning of of what what, what is church for us? You know what is what is church to you? Why church? Why is it a part of your story? Where does it fit? What's its purpose? Kind of where where does this where does this church thing fit in the scheme of life for you and and why? And that's that's not like a you know where is church at for you and is it big enough and are you giving enough and are you doing enough? You know we'll get to that later. You know we'll assess all those things next week. It's it's more like why why would you choose church to be a part of your life? You know and then. I think it'd also be really valuable in the mix of that to consider where is church in Jesus' plan? You know, what is it to him? Why, why church from a, from a Jesus perspective? And so that's kind of where we're going to try to go this morning. But f- like full confession, I mean, I was saying to Az this morning, I was like, I sort of feel like we're jumping into something we need three or four weeks of five days a week and eight hours a day to unpack together to get a grip on. And we're going to try and do justice on something that gives us something to consider in, you know, whatever, 10 or 15 minutes this morning. But, you know, I think it's a really good thing for us as a group of people who identify together as a church to stop and consider what's what's the place of this and where does it sit for us? And yeah, hope you've had a good week. Leela and I had a amazing week. We, our marriage turned 21 this week, so we officially have an adult marriage which is wonderful. It's good to be adults, married. Yes, that's a 21 years on Thursday it was. So we took two days away, went away for a night. And honestly, like we came, we came back on Friday and we were like, honestly, I don't, I didn't, I, it was uh, remarkably effective. You know, we were like, wow, the return on 24 hours feels like multiplied toward us. You know, and it was like so refreshing, and I don't know. We just we just reflected on life a bit together, and built some joy, and reminded ourselves of who we are, and reminded ourselves of the things that we're living for, and what we're expecting moving forward. And we just we got a rest. And you know, on Friday it was like the lights were coming on, and it was like I went to I went to sleep on Thursday night with like uh, I don't know. I said to Leela, I feel like I'm getting bowled over by Epiphany. You know, and it's like when when you when you stop and you pause and you rest and you're with people you love and you remind yourself of the major things and the foundation of life. You know, you know, like this is what we share. You know, we're we're in this gig together, and so I'm super encouraged this week and refreshed, and yeah, I feel like you have some fresh perspective on my family and my home, calling life together. Yeah, and that feels exciting. It feels like sometimes those are hard things to put your hand on, you know, and I feel like a little bit of time out this week has really turned the lights up, you know? It's like if we were living on a bit of a dimmer switch, it's like, wow, that, you know, things feel a bit brighter, things feel a bit clearer, things feel a bit lighter, so. Well, let's pray. Let's just start, invite Jesus' presence to just come meet us this morning and open up some things of value to us, and yeah, let's take a deep breath as we do and just let yourself sort of Feel the seat beneath you and feel your feet on the floor. You know, let's, let's allow ourselves to be in this moment and in this place and allow our thinking to slow down and just to be present here to receive and to offer to one another the things of God. And yeah, it's good to be here. Jesus, we just thank you that 
You've invited us to gather together to reflect on you, to talk about the things of you. And that's just what we want to do this morning. We want to worship you. We want to offer our affection toward you. We want to offer our appreciation to you for who you are. And we just want to say straight out of the gates, you're just extraordinary. You're just so good at your job and you are so present and purposed with us. We just thank you for the love you're demonstrating toward us, the grace that we so abundantly walk in that there's nothing you don't see and nothing that you see deters your love from flowing toward us. And we're just so grateful for that. We thank you that there's something so powerful and strong in who you are, that you're active, that you're among us and that you're working, that you are working something so good. We're so grateful for that this morning. We just invite you your Holy Spirit just to come and occupy this space and just come and meet us. And we just ask that you come minister to us thoughts this morning. As we reflect on this idea of, of church, this thing you've given us, that you've purposed, that you've desired, that you have a love for, would you, would you raise a love for us for what you love in a way in which you love it? Yeah. Yeah, we just invite you to come and meet us this morning. Let's pray in your name. Amen. We just need to. Uh, we're we're going to do a bit of as we can we can hear from Zoom if we need to, right? That's a possibility. I mean, I know we didn't say this, but so you know, you feel free, Laura, Greg, Lise, to uh, to dive in on us here too. But I think we just need a little bit of group work on this before we sort of get into get into some ideas around church and where it fits, and you know, it feels like a really big obscure idea that we have a lot of ideas of, but not necessarily because we've come at it directly. I think some of what church is to us is because it's just existed for lots of us in our lives for a long time or even a short time, or because we have pictures of what it is or ideas of what it is, and it just kind of is. It is a something. And uh, and I guess, you know, taking a minute and stopping pausing and going there, like what, what are the things that we think of when, when, when you think of the idea of church? And what are the first things that come to mind for you? Like just without overthinking it or without trying to come up with the right answer, what are the things that just kind of like hit the top of your mind as soon as somebody says that? Church. Play the word association game. The first word that comes to mind when someone says to you, church. Anybody else? Thought on the, the difference between the church and the kingdom? I think, um, you know, if... If, uh, if we as followers are called to be in the world but not of the world, as a biblical picture, it's then we are called into the kingdom, which is what we are. We are aliens to this world and we belong to something different. And in Christ, our true place of belonging is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And the... You know, the, the, then, then the world and the kingdom sit as as two options but if we're honest like we are born into the world right like that's the reality we find ourselves and we are those who are seeking to take hold of the kingdom and one of the key differences in in a kingdom is it has a king when we live in a world that really does not have a king you know we we live in a world that you know very much um systems of authority or structures of uh 
of a kingdom don't really exist in, in our day-to-day -day life. And so if we're made for a kingdom, but we're born of the world, uh, you know, and if the kingdom of God encompasses everything that the world encompasses, there's nothing that exists in the world that isn't part of the kingdom, you know, and I mean, maybe you've, one of, one of the ways this thought has been broken down is uh, this idea of the seven mountain mandate, if you heard this before, which is seven aspects of the kingdom of God where Jesus wants to rule and reign over all of these areas of influence that exist on earth. You know, things like media, arts, entertainment, uh, education, family, church. It's like, wait, church exists as a piece of the kingdom, but doesn't reflect the whole of the kingdom. And so how then do we understand the purpose of the church inside of a kingdom? inside of the kingdom of God. And without sort of stretching this out too far, you know, it's like if we're born into the world, but we're made for a kingdom, something needs to take us on the journey from the world to the kingdom. And it's like, God gave us the church to gather together to grow and bring to maturity that which was made to exist in the kingdom under his rule and under his authority. But the maturing process that needs to take place that we would even receive a king you know, there is a big undoing and a big doing that needs to take place that Jesus could even have the place in our lives that he has intended. Does that make sense? It's like this notion that uh, I'm made for something that I um, both desire and refuse at the same time. And it's like, where, where is the... Where is the context that God's given us to practice this, to grow this, that when he becomes, when he has the place in our life, he's always intended to have uh, the rule of God exists. Where, wherever, wherever Jesus is the ultimate authority, the kingdom of God exists. So if in my family, Jesus has the ultimate place of authority, if he gets, and, and, but what does that look like practically? I mean, these are things we've talked about before. It's like, how do I know Jesus has authority over my family? Well, does he get a say? Does his way get a look in? Do, am I the last word in my family over the things that I have authority? Who gets the last word? In a kingdom, it's the king. He gets the last word. If he wants to come and take your land, if he wants to come and take your house, if he wants to come and take your animals, you know, these are the pictures that we could take. It's like he gets them. Those are his. He's got access to them. He has the final say. And it's like that is an uncomfortable reality for us in the world in which we've been formed. And it's like, I mean, this is practical and real for Leela and I. Like, we're not sure we're keeping our house at this point in time in our life. And it's like, well, does my king have the right to come and take my house for his greater purpose. This is where the kingdom gets tested in my life. It's like, or is that mine? And I have authority over that. And actually I'm gonna do with that what I want. And I'm gonna make my own choice around that. And we can start to see the, the tension between would the kingdom of God exist in Brad's family with Brad and Leela and Ella? Just in that little pocket, does the kingdom of God have its place in my family? Well, does God have his say? Does he have ultimate authority in this space and in this place? And could he ask of me whatever he wants? Could he take whatever he desires that would serve his purpose? And it's like, if I think about it in those terms, I need some help to mature to the place where I've got a trust in God that that's going to be worth it, that I can have my thinking uh, change to the place where my defaults are, 
are ready to receive a king and ready to give Jesus his place of authority. And then the kingdom of God can exist in those spaces and places. And so then if we begin to imagine that, you know, let's say James becomes CEO of the greatest media company in all of the world and it's broadcasting and it's like, and, and Jesus has the final say over this man's life. Now the kingdom of God exists in everything that sits underneath the life of the authority of James. Because James isn't the ultimate authority in his life, Jesus is. And so the kingdom of God now exists in all of the things that James has authority over because Jesus has authority over James's life. Does it make sense? So whatever Jesus has authority over, the kingdom is built within. The ways of God come on earth as they are in heaven. He has his place. His principles are poured out and flowed out. His ways are our ways. You know, this becomes the picture of the kingdom of God coming on earth as it is in heaven. But the truth of the matter is, referring back to my own life, my own story, my own family, my own house, it's like, what, what journey do I need to be on that Jesus could have authority over the decisions that I make or the things that I steward, the things that I call my own? What does it look like for, for his kingdom to be built just in my family? And could he take whatever is here for his purpose if it would serve him? And I think he's given us the church as the place in which we are purposed to grow and mature into Christ and collectively to represent the life of Christ. But even that, even that needs the church. You know, the, the truth of the matter is we, we get into these verses and I'm not sure, you know, how much more time we're going to take on this. But, you know, when you, when you look at Ephesians, I mean, really, the whole book of Ephesians was, was, was a letter from Paul to the church to address division within the church, separation within the church, and to, to speak this idea of what the church was meant to be and how it was meant to look. And when I take that and I go, well, this is, this is the, this letter is meant for us to go, this is how the collection of followers is, is meant to look. It's, it's an extremely challenging idea, you know, and he, he talks about these ideas. Let's, we'll read a bit of Ephesians chapter four. It's not up on the screen. So if you have it, I'm going to read from the Amplified. So grab it on your phone if you want to follow along. All right, let's read Ephesians chapter four. So I, the prisoner for the Lord, appeal to you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. That is to live a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and mature behavior, a life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. With all humility, forsaking self-righteousness and gentleness, maintaining self-control, with patience, bearing with one another in unselfish love, make every effort to keep the oneness of the Spirit in the bond of peace, each individual working together to make the whole successful. There is one body of believers and one spirit, just as we were called to one hope when called to salvation, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all who is sovereign over all and working through all and living in all. Yet grace, God's undeserved favor, was given to each one of us, not indiscriminately, but in different ways in proportion to the measure of Christ's rich and abundant gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he bestowed gifts on men. Now this expression, he has ascended, what does it mean except that he also had previously descended from the heights of heaven into the lower parts of the earth? 
He who descended is the very same as he who also has ascended high above all the heavens, that he, his presence, might fill all things, that is, the whole universe. And his gifts to the church were varied, and he himself appointed some as apostles, special messengers and representatives, some as prophets who speak a new message from God to the people, some as evangelists who spread the good news of salvation, and some as pastors and teachers to shepherd and guide and instruct. And he did this to fully equip and, per- and perfect the saints, God's people, for the works of service, to build up the body of Christ, the church, until we all reach oneness in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, growing spiritually to become a mature believer, reaching to the measure of fullness of Christ, manifesting his spiritual completeness and exercising our spiritual gifts in unity, so that we are no longer children, spiritually immature, tossed back and forth like ships on on a stormy sea, and carried about by every wind of shifting doctrine, by the cunning and trickery of unscrupulous men, by the deceitful scheming of people ready to do anything for personal profit. But speaking the truth in love in all things, both our speech and our lives expressing his truth, let us grow up in all things into him, following his example, who is the head, Christ. From him, the whole body, the church, in all its various parts, joined and knitted firmly together by what every joint supplies, when each part is working properly because the body is to grow and mature, building itself up in unselfish love. I mean, it's, it's this picture of being given something that is both our place, like James, you said, to serve and be served, to mature and to participate in the maturing of others, to see our gifts come both to their purpose and, and also to be prepared for acts of service which exist outside of the church, for places and spaces where God wants his authority to rule on earth as it is in heaven that have nothing to do with church. And it's like the, you know, the church isn't the kingdom, but without the church, we won't receive the kingdom. Without the maturing of the belonging to believers. And and it's like I said, I think, I think that church has caused me to need Jesus more than almost anything else in my life. But I think that's its point. That when I would subject my life to others, when I would come into something where there is a vulnerability and there is an exposure, where there is a mutual journeying, you know, maturity comes in a way that it can't when I'm off on my own mission or I'm in isolation. And when Jesus has called me into something that he's weaving and he's growing together and he's purposed for the maturing of myself into the things of him, uh, it is, it is always being led by him. You know, he is the head. There is a purpose both inside and outside of that which he draws together. And it's like, I think sometimes we're, we're looking for our whole Christian purpose to be fulfilled within church. And for some people, that's the case. I mean, in this passage, he said he gives these gifts to the church for the purpose of maturing it and growing it, or, or in other senses for uh, expanding it. You know, the gift of evangelism is about drawing in those who are, who are new to the journey, who that is their purpose, that is their space and their place. But the, the purpose of the church is always that we would have matured into something that sees the kingdom being within reach on earth for us. And I think we are those who are tasting pieces of that. It's a, it's a, a, 
uh, incomplete, you know, we, we are an incomplete picture of that which church is intended to be. But it's like as we continue one to another to give ourselves the things of Christ, we are growing and maturing into the church. We are both the church and both maturing into the church, if that makes sense. And I think in that, uh, it, this becomes a different, difficult thing to box up. You know, a, a verse that's been entirely meaningful to us as a, a community of people. I'm going to read it from the message. Glenn mentioned it this week, and I spent some time looking at it again. But it's Romans chapter 12, verse 1. You know, and I think it gives us our idea that God isn't looking for our Sunday mornings and he isn't looking for a, uh, an attendance to something or a service of something or a sacrifice for something. He wants a, a belonging in something that forms and shapes something that has purpose for him and to him. Anyway, Romans chapter 12, verse one, he says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, developing well-formed maturity in you. I think church could be best defined or described as the community of people to which God has called me to belong, where life is being shared, where the journey is being teased out in everyday life, where the where the movements of my life are bumping up against those to whom God is bringing about a maturity in, where the everyday things I find myself in are being offered to him and I'm practicing a place and a space in the existence that I have where the authority of Jesus is getting the final say. And I think exposing myself to a group of people who desire the same reveals for me personally just how far from that I actually am. The spaces and places where that is both my desire and my opportunity to mature. Yeah, I think um, you know we're gonna we're gonna break off for some discussion here, and and I think uh, you know let's let's get into some smaller groups of four and five. But you know I think the idea is around um, where do I need church in my life, and where do I see the power of church having played out in my story? You know, as we frame it in these terms of, you know coming together in something that God's tr seeking to draw together in oneness that isn't best defined by this context. You know, it's like if you look in your life to the spaces and places, you know, I think of, you know, Tim and the boys moving in with Soph and Mars. I think of being in camp with Allie and Rob and Ange and, you know, the vast many others, you know, who, who exist in that. I think of you know, Hannah sharing life in our home. I think of uh, the relationships we share through the things that we're in and the things that we have, uh, you know, mutually found ourselves in together. And it's like, where is that a more powerful picture of church? And where is that accomplishing the maturity that God's seeking to bring about in his church more than just a Sunday morning? 
gathering? And how, how do we allow our, our perception of what we need church to be or what we even could gain from church to be being broader than an event we attend or an organization we participate in? So can we kind of, uh, that was a long question. Let's repeat the question. <laughs> Where is there an opportunity in your everyday life to see church be something other than a Sunday morning? You know, let's talk about that and how would that change its purpose in my thinking? Remembering in that, sorry. I, I, <laughs> no, no, the addendum, not to the question, but in, 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 the, in the reflection on that, remembering that church isn't the kingdom. You know, there are parts of our lives that uh, this isn't the whole of. Yeah, that we are those who are called to bring the authority of God into the places and spaces of all the earth. Yeah. All right, enough on that. Let's chat about this idea, church, where it hits how we could receive more from it. Cool. Not really, but you. What are, uh, let's, let's, let's grab a couple of, Let's grab a couple of high points out of the groups. What are what are a couple of the things that we've heard? What are what are the couple of things that got shared in the groups that we just feel like, yeah, that's gotta be that's gotta be said. That's really helpful. Hit us. I think we talked about um, yeah, church just being personally the more I've intentionally been a part of church talking about like a community in the body of Christ, the more fruit I've seen in myself from it. Um, and the more I've been able to experience um, God's fruit of what he sort of designed church to be or what I see him designing church to sort of be. Yeah, um, yeah being closer in community over the past like six to 12 months, I've sort of been a lot closer in community than I had been before. Um, and yeah, I've just seen, yeah, when you say it's a place to sort of mature and see what God's, full potential of me or what I was designed to be, I've seen more of that come out being closer in community. And I think, yeah, we talked about a little bit about God's intention of church. That's a great thought. On the back of that, it's almost like we, everyone knows that Tim and I have a, like to keep our plates full and, you know, we were very busy a couple of years ago and I think that that could a couple be... Of, sorry? <laughs> you were busy at... You were, food. you were busy a couple of years ago? That was the first. That was the last time you were busy. Ah, uh, we'll talk after. We'll talk after. Yeah. Okay. Well, we all know that they were busy a couple of years ago. I think also still a couple of days ago. But never mind. Anyway, carry on, please. We th- we see you. I think that possibly was an excuse to not be as involved in church. It was like, yeah. well, we've got to get ABC done. So then once we get that done, we'll be able to be more in community. And right. I think it was like some really hard moments of making decisions to say like, I'm going to actually receive that help. Yeah. And I'm going to step into community and I'm going to be part of this church a little bit more. And that hurts and it feels hard and it feels... Up. But then like the fruit that comes from that is just insane. Like I think about that time when we're sitting around the table at home and lockdown's just been announced tim's at Bina. he's mm. in the ha- olive harvest season it's the busiest time of our life mm. and i've got to go homeschool the boys out in Bina whilst yeah and ellie was we prayed about it and laura goes well should we ask god what to do like should, yeah. and i was like no like this is just <laughs> a, a plan <laughs> but like but like it sucked and it was hard and it was like i don't want 
I don't want to invite him to, into something like this because how could he have something good and something so bad? Yeah. And then it was like, oh, Ellie's going to come. And like, yeah. what a beautiful sacrifice that was. But to, to give God authority and let him be the king over that yeah. just made that, that the most fruitful two mm. weeks. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a great example. Yeah. That's a great example, mm. Grace. Yeah, that's good. And, and the church. Yeah around me helped me find that yeah exactly experience like, and that maturity if grew Laura hadn't have me. been like yeah. no I think we're going to ask now <laughs> alright fine it's settled Laura's coming back Laura's coming back yeah. Laura's coming back it's fine settled it's, oh, we miss you that's true anyway yeah that's cool that's cool anybody else what are the thoughts kind of came out of uh, we did talk we did talk around a few circles and it was it was really valuable but there's lots of valuable things said but yeah um well, I remember what I said, so. <laughs> well, so let's pass it to someone else for something valuable, maybe. No, go, go, go. What did we say? Oh. Do I say what okay. I talked about? Oh, you want to tell us? Kalani paid attention to everyone, so we'll let her summarize. <laughs> Anyways, what I was talking Anyways. about was um, how, I mean, my like versions of church and things like that really primarily is this one and so you know I don't have many versions to think of um other than when I was at liquid and stuff (laughs) um no but I was saying that like you know and I I believe I agree with like the way that we do things and I I love it here and things like that so really what resonated for me was um how can I sort of and I guess this is like something I'm thinking about a lot anyways mm. but you know how can I align the vibe of church just the vibe um and like the kingdom with my everyday life in school and like you know school is just such a different dynamic and yeah. and a place where often people my age they they're not going to embrace this part of them or you know it's really sort of like a it's like who can be the most like each other, like really, you know, mm-hmm. to fit in in a certain way. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like um, I would say that, you know, not to toot my own horn, but like I would say <laughs> that I do a pretty good job at like not trying to be in line and stuff. But even this week, like I've just been aware, like I haven't been so much trying to mm-hmm. um, represent um, the kingdom or um, haven't been as connected in my relationship with God this week. So people, and the reason people are attracted to a friendship with me is generally like what they see through my relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And so I notice like the impact that me like straying away from my relationship with him, like, yeah, just how that impacts the way that I act and yeah. Yeah, great thoughts. I'll add one more thing because we didn't really finish the conversation but I see it more as in like my head stuck in how do we replicate this as a church Um, Geordie was sharing you know his experience growing up in with Christian surfers yeah and I didn't get to tell Geordie this bit but that was also you know my background with Christian surfers was probably what's kept me in church yeah and there was something so attractional about a commonality um and and a sense of adventure and fun but wholesome mostly wholesome fun and and um (laughs) 
but there was just something just attractional about that. I remember, you know, you've heard me say before, it was sort of like where, oh, not everyone wears a brown cardigan at church. You know, it's like you can love Jesus and be cool kind of thing, you know, yeah. and you can get out in nature and all that sort of stuff. And it's just like, what, how do you, how do you, my head's sort of, yeah, thinking, how do you make sure that that's everyone's experience? Yeah. 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 We were talking about something similar in our group because Ash was sort of sharing the picture that Merrick's was of church for him, which is, you know, moving intentionally for 18 months into a house with a, with a group of people who are all seeking God and on a journey. And, you know, the whole of your life is in that. And, you know, for Ash, he was saying, this is a great picture of church for me because it exposed my life. And, you know, there were, you know, all these things that caused a greater love and a greater grace and experiences that created conversation and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, and it's like, well, if the picture of church is communal living, you know, at least half the people who are sitting here are headed for the door right now. You know, and it's like I think one of the good things is is that you know, church church is uh, is uh, it needs form, it needs structure, it does need something that exists. Um, but there are so many contexts in which it can find its its purpose. You know, I mean, we've seen it in businesses, we've seen it in living situations, we've seen it in friendship circles, we've seen it in interests. You know, like surfing, and so. Yeah, I think when we take our everyday life and we give it to God for the purpose in which he's given it and the church forms around that, people who are called out for the sake of following after Jesus. You know, and I think one of the things that we as a church can make a mistake of is, I, I, I hesitate to, it, it feels, it, honest, on, it, um, <laughs> yeah, sometimes, yes, that was good. Let's leave it there, you know. Uh, you know, um, we can make the church 100% about seeking and saving the lost and lose something of what the church was always meant to be, which is maturing those who have been called out for the sake of Jesus Christ. And in fact, when Jesus talked about seeking and saving the lost, he was talking about those who were part of the body, who were straying. And I 100% believe that there are unbelievers who need to find Jesus, and I have a passion to see that take place. Uh, I think sometimes we're just introducing unbelievers to a greater oppression by introducing religion as a new thing they have to do. And it's like, I think, you know, when, uh, when we're taking care of a family and we're building a love and we've found something of worth that's growing and maturing and you add to that, what you add to that will also mature. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's, uh, you know, a worthy mission both to become something that is maturing and that is open to anyone who desires to be called out on the path of Jesus Christ for the purpose of growing and maturing into the body of Christ and representing light and life on earth. Yeah. Anyway, it feels dangerous to say that because it's like you're treading on holy ground because we have made the whole purpose of the church seeking and saving the lost. And in fact, the church's purpose is that those who have being called out for the purpose of Jesus Christ would be grown and matured into the kingdom. Yeah. And the world would have light and life if we would walk that. And then like Lonnie said, my friends are interested in me because they've found something in me that's maturing and it doesn't taste like me. It tastes like Jesus. Yeah. And we need the world to be full of light and life shined into dark places. And if that were the case, we would have a massive job maturing those who have found the thing you know, I think the problem is we haven't let the, the gospel be as good as what Jesus meant it to be. 
And um, some of what we've called the gospel just isn't worth sharing. But anyway, that's enough on that. That's it. Curtis, you've had some thoughts coming into this morning. and Sorry, we talked about so many of those, and so I'm not really even going to unpack too, too much. I won't unpack the journey of how I got there. Let's put it that way, because I think the journey of how we got there is where we've gotten to today. So that's really cool. So I, I didn't want to overshare. I told the girls, oh, so got a couple things to share. And they were like, well, we're probably not going to listen to you later. So try it out on us a little bit. <laughs> so they, they were, yeah, that was Leela's comment. It was great. I, I love Leela. Um, she says, honestly, anyway, and yeah, Mel and Leela and, and Laura and I were just chatting together there for a bit and, you know, and, and I really feel for Laura, Laura's sharing, you know, that this is hard, this is hard to watch this family, you know, dialogue about church being family, you know, and because of the position she finds herself in and, you know, my encouragement to Laura is, you know, and she, and she's doing this. So this is not the picture, but she's doing this. She's pursuing what God has a picture of her for. For church and that's to to love the people around her and then when she feels like well man that's taking time to really grow into the church you know here you know the lord's saying but this is good this is my plan this is my path for her and so i was encouraged that she's she's taking that faith in spite of the discouragement of it and then mel shared a really something really powerful that i thought was a cool parallel because it's about um how grace is free but the truth will cost you everything and she um, and and so the picture he gave was like of going to the bar to pay your tab, and it's like you get the bill and you realize like you can't pay, and and you pull out everything out of your pockets and all the change, and you start thinking about how many dishes you're gonna have to do, you know, just to make up for this, and you put it all on the table, and then Jesus kind of comes around and taps the credit card, you know, he watches you do that, he watches you take your whole life and lay it down, and then he says, yeah, I get behind that, I can see what you're trying to do and i'll get behind that and i'll pay i'll i'll cover it you know and it's and it's like but she likened that to the church and she was like you know in some ways the church and you know as christians whatever like we have this access to this gathering maybe on sunday morning or people it's kind of automatic you know singing and pastors and stuff and it's kind of this free like little bit and but it costs you everything it, it is meant to cost you everything to participate. And actually the fullness of what you get isn't gotten until you come to the table and put it all down. So I was reading in first Corinthians this week, this is what sparked this idea. And it, you know, talks about the love, faith, hope, and love are, um, but the greatest is love. And this, that just highlighted for me in the message. Somehow I, I was just like, ah, oh, you know, at church we talk about faith and hope rising and faith and like these are in our songs and and love too don't get me wrong but it was just like just highlighted for me again like oh love and then god spoke to me this morning just said what if you were the only love that came through to the people that you're interacting with this morning what if you're my love like what if that's the only conduit i have to access freedom factory family this morning i know it's not true but the exercise was helpful for me because it was like well what if what if you're the only way I have to get in? Would you, would you see your role as different, you know? Because for me, when we talk about church, I'm just like, man, it brings up all the, the, the struggle that Brad's talking about. I work for the church. So, I, you know, my, my words that first come to mind, if I'm honest, work busy, get it done, sort it out, organization, administration, you gotta, gotta figure it out. Like these are, these are, <laughs> these are overwhelming, like 
thoughts, right? And so I have to really work hard. And like sometimes I, you know, the Lord's asking me to like pick up a different picture of what I see the church as in, in the middle of working, you know, for it. And so I feel like, oh man, it's a, it's a challenge for me to get out of, you know, that mode. Um, and so it's something I have to work at. And so he's doing this in this theory of love. And, and Romans has it too. Romans 12 later talks about it. But I just thought I would just read this as, as a wrap before we sort of finish this morning. But I, I got caught here in First John chapter 4. And there's a whole bunch of it is about love. But just at the end, it says this. First John chapter 4. I'll just read out of the message. It just comes through so clear. God is love. When we take up, this is just reminding me of what you were talking about this morning. God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. This way, love has the run of the house. That's sort of what Brad was talking about this morning. Like, who has the final say, right? We'll take up a permanent residence in a life of love. We live in God. God lives in us. This way, love has run of the house, becomes at home and mature in us so that we're free of worry on Judgment Day. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ's. There is no room for love and fear. Well-formed love banishes fear. Since fear is crippling, a fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment, is, is one not yet fully formed in love. So we, we though, are, uh, we, though, so church, this is us, this is John talking to the church. So we, Freedom Factory family, we are going to love love and be loved first we were loved and now we love he loved us first if anyone boasts i love god goes right on hating his brother you know he's a liar if he won't love the person he can, he can see how can he love the god he can't see the command we have from god is blunt loving god includes loving people you've got to love both and i just i'm i'm challenged by that thought this morning you could we could read and read and read about it but i mean the idea of the church is that we would be so we would shine bright to the world around us in love that we would just like be loving each other so extravagantly yes we're meant to love everyone but if we could just learn like we forget sometimes there's a love me and james like like we could a life of love would be so evident to the people that would come into contact with us both in this room in this family and in the world that that would they would just be like hey how can i taste that how can i be part of that and we've forgotten that a little bit we keep thinking we're supposed to get out there and god's just like i yes but i'm maturing you in here you're already out there you're doing things in the world your businesses and and life and things like that come to church turn to your family in a life of love, like learn to love each other. That will, that will bubble over, that will come over. And, and I know there's different gifts and different things that people have and different impact in the world that we have, but I'm just, you know, it costs me everything. It's free to me, this life of love, this Christian life, this family of God is free to me, but it costs everything. It's the conundrum of that grace and truth. Grace is free, but the truth will cost you everything. Well, it's like this is free, but it will cost me everything in order to access it. But he's paid it, right? He's loved us. So anyway, I'm just, I'm motivated by that. And I'm, I'm in consideration of that. And I don't think it has to get too complex. God, what does a life of love look like today? What does love look like over lunch today? 
what does love look like over you know, in this conversation today? What does love look like in the car with my kids today? What does love look like in this interaction with my wife today? What does love look like when I get home from work and I'm just, I'm staring down the next two or three hours and I'm tired, you know? You know, these are the realities of our life. In the realities and the practicals of our life, what does love look like? And if we can consider that, I think, I think we're closer to the kingdom than we've ever been, maybe. And so, anyway, anyway. Yeah, I really like that, the connection of that passage to the idea of this morning, you know, that we will live in God and God in us, and in that we will live in a life of love. Yeah, we are those who are being grown into that. I think that's true. Yeah, it's a cool thought. I think one last thought on this. Uh, We talked a little bit in our group about how this doesn't look like one thing, you know, and we said that here already, but I think it's good news that to receive the picture that Jesus has for the lives of those who are called out. You know, the church comes from the word ecclesia and the Greek word ecclesia and the Greek word ecclesia just means called out. Those who have been called out of uh, the path you were on onto the path that God has for you. It's like those who've been called out to follow Jesus is a, a gathering of those people is the church. And when you get together with people who that's the gig for, it grows the gig, you know, and I think wherever that can occur and you know, it doesn't have to occur in a shared living situation. It doesn't have to occur in a shared business. It doesn't have to occur in any one particular place. Uh, you know, and, and someone else's picture of what the most powerful expression of that is doesn't have to be what it is for me. But where, you know, whereas God called these realities into my journey and where, you know, where, where is stepping in, where is taking a step towards available to me? Yeah, I think they're cool thoughts. Yeah. I mean, Keith was reflecting on what this looks like for him. And, you know, he said, you know, his part of the body functions a little differently, or maybe that was the picture God gave me and I shared it. He was saying the same, but, you know, some of the systems of the body work really close together, you know, like the muscles, the sinews, the skeleton, the nervous system, you know, they're all at work right there to make a finger move, you know? Uh, and if I'm part of the skeletal system, I'm pretty tight with the muscular system and the nerve and the, the nervous system that's causing all of this to work, you know, and, and we can go, well, this is how it's meant to work. You know, the muscles and the skeleton and the nerves are all moving really closely together, you know, and if you're a part of the digestive system, you don't got a lot to do with this. And you can feel like, oh, I don't belong. What's my deal? I'm a pancreas. What does that got to do with picking your nose? And it's like, you know, I think when the diversities of who God's made people to be, uh, some of the systems work really closely together to accomplish something. And some of the systems, you know, work a little bit differently, but they're no less important. And it's like, how do we, as the body, make room for the differences that exist and not go, it looks like one thing. And it just doesn't. It just doesn't. You know, the thing that God has released to us looks like a lot of different things all serving him coming together and producing something of health and life that could have never existed without its diversity. 